The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Right, you guys excited for the word? I've got a word for you. I believe that this is this is something um, that you need to hear that we need to hear in this time. I um, I love the scripture where Paul writes and he says, "I'm coming to you so that I can impart something to you." And uh, we're in the day of social media and TV, and you know you could you could have you could have watched the service at home today. But the point is you came here, and so that means that something is going to be imparted to you. It's something about being here in person, where, and that's where impartation takes place. I believe in impartation, man. Come on, I believe in the laying of hands. I believe that when, 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 when we come together, that there's something special, something tangible that happens. And so um, I asked the Lord, well, what do, we, what, do, what do I give? And I know what's been burning in my heart for the last while, what the Lord has been uh, speaking to me concerning the time that we're in and um, uh, what the Lord is doing all over the world in the church. And um, I think it's an exciting time. I really feel, and I suppose that you can experience, that it's, that it's a time where we rediscover things, man. Just after COVID, all the, that rubbish, that nonsense is behind us. I really believe that it's behind us. And uh, we open the churches again. Now we're opening the Word afresh. We're coming together, and there's, there's things happening. We get to open the Word and see things maybe that you've seen before, but discover it afresh and discover it anew. Amen? So uh, we, we're going to start. We're going to start in Mark. Let's go to Mark 16 this morning, and we're going to kick it off right from there. And um, yeah, let's hear what, what's on God's heart for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word that it is anointed, that it's, that it's life. It's life to us. Thank you that you knew that we need it, that we, you knew that we need to come together. You knew that we need to worship and that we need to hear the word and that it's going to produce the results that it was sent for. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so Mark 16, verse, um, uh, which one is it? 14, thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Then he appeared to the 11. Jesus appeared to the 11. Okay, so obviously that is without Judas. That is the 11. Uh, and, and he commissioned them. All right, I love how uh, someone put it. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission, right? He said, go, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Now, if you read on, it says, those who believe, Right? Those who believe the message. I, I always understood. I said, Lord, here I am. Send me. And I, I we, man, I didn't just say it. I did it. I went. I went. I went into everywhere. I've been in different countries. I know, like Paul says, I know what it's like to have lots. I know what it's like to be booked into seven-star hotels. I know what it's like to sleep in, in, in the floor, in, in the townships, um, in danger. But I've been everywhere. I said, Lord, yes, I'm going. I'm going. And uh, our whole lives were built around ministry. From, from the age of 15, um, I gave my life to Jesus. After school, hated school so much. But that was my ministry. That was my ministry. And th that is not an example for you to follow. Love school. <laughs> Love school. 
love school. But it was, and then I would, I would, um, uh, after school, I'd go on outreaches and do these things. Then we joined a ministry. Thousands of people came. Guys, it was really something to experience from all over the world. People would come, and we saw, man, tens of thousands of miracles, healings, healings. I mean, I've seen the dead raised. But I remember I got so busy, so busy, I would come home, and I hadn't had any time with my wife. You know, I, my, my, I had two little children that I didn't, I didn't get time to spend with. Even my, my poor dog felt so sorry for my dog, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and, and I've come to realize, you know, like I've, I've pursued revival. And the Lord is starting to show me that revival looks like also is not just good services. It includes good services. Powerful meetings. Amen. With a glorious, thick and tangible. But sometimes revival looks like a father playing with his kids father dad spending time at home with their kids um sometimes revival can be someone going to the gym and getting getting their life into their, their body um healthy and restored and ha- having time for that i mean we joke about it but if we when we begin to understand that god is not just interested in what we're doing here he's interested in your whole life Come on, he's interested in the choices that you make. And so when we begin to align our decisions with him, I call that revival. Because sometimes it's revival like when a widow who is not given up and life doesn't find her purpose, rediscovers a purpose in life. That's revival. It's more than just good meetings. So let's, let's quickly get into this again. He says, you'll preach the gospel to all creation. So this is what we're doing today. Um, Tafara and Chipo gets up here every Sunday. They preach the gospel. And you hear the gospel, right? Then it says, though these signs will accompany them who believe. And that's what God wants to do. He's trying to equip you so that the ones who hear, we always, must, um, we always heard it as the apostles and the prophets. They're the ones who must do the signs and the wonders. They're also the ones who must do the signs and the wonders. But the believing is you. If you believe the message, these signs you will do. Come on, God wants you to take revival home. Um, If the whole world is going, what's happening at home? Who's going home? Who's going into the marketplace? If we're all going? No. So, So we change things. So I believe what God is doing in you is is we're going to come together like we're doing now and when you go home you'll experience god's presence at home come on you can have revival at home um we're gonna have a christmas service at our church and we had, but we didn't have one for the new year so the guy came one of the guys came to me and said but it's like the most important thing i said brother open the bible with your family pray together and you know come on guys apply something at home Amen? Come on. Come on. So this is where I'm going to with, with um, today's message, is that God wants to raise a church to maturity. Okay? Now, I don't want you to hear the opposite side of what I'm saying, because you get these other guys that say, you know, I don't go to church. I am the church. <laughs> kind of rubbish. Doesn't make any kind of sense if you think about that. And, and, it's, and it's not long that those guys eventually completely drift off away from the faith. We actually, we need each other. 
We don't own each other, but we belong to one another. And it's so important for us to, to gather. So when I say that you're going to do signs and wonders, don't, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. And, and take something, you know, I don't know about you, Tafara, but some people are so good at hearing what you're not saying. I had someone come to, the, to our meeting the other day, and he quoted back what I preached, and it was everything, everything that I did not say. So be careful, people, please. Right. No, no, you guys, are, you guys are solid. I know that. So um, let's, go to, let's go to Matthew, uh, Matthew 14. And uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! It's good. How? Um, I heard a, a song uh, of... Um, who's a guy who... who um, man... Israel Hutton. Israel Hutton. He wrote the song, I'm so glad that I was wrong about God. Hey? How many of you guys are just so glad that you were wrong about Him? Hey? I'm so glad that, I'm, that I was wrong about Him. And it, a lot in my Christian life and my journey was unlearning all the rubbish that I've heard before. <laughs> Not learning new stuff. Unlearning stuff. Okay, but anyways. So Matthew 14, maybe we don't have to read it, but... But it's the story of, of Peter walking on water, Jesus walking on water. And uh, often we don't give credit to Peter because we always think Peter is the guy who sank. And we never ever mention that Peter walked on water. Yeah. We never ever give Peter the credit. He walked on water. You know, I don't know if we sang it in that song this morning, but who else can walk on the water? We say, no one, no one, no one. And I wonder what Peter, if when he hears that song, he's probably like saying, but guys, come on. I walked on water. Hey, is it in the lyrics? It'd be interesting. <laughs> Peter walked on water. But uh, what I love about that story is, is uh, you can read it in the different translations, is, is that Jesus literally comes, he chooses the darkest time of the night. Like, and in, in different translations, it says that Jesus was going to walk past them. I think it's in the book of John. It says he meant to walk past them. And he's there in this terrifying, the disciples are terrified for their life. Now, I don't know if you've ever been scared, like really scared. The last thing that you need to see is a ghost. That's the last thing that you need to... I think it was Stephen, Stephen Furtick who preached the whole message of sermons on savage Jesus. I don't know if you heard that. Because sometimes, like, Jesus, really? Because we always, we always have this idea of Jesus so gentle and kind. And here he comes Jesus just messing with his guys. You know, and sometimes we respect our storms so much and Jesus comes walking on them. He just comes walking on your storm. You know, like we give this, oh, you know what I've been through. But anyway, so Jesus, Jesus comes walking on the water. And, uh, and Peter says, sees him, says, you know, after he said, they, he kind of got an idea that this is Christ. He said, Lord, if it's you, command me to, to walk. And, and, and Jesus says, come. So Peter starts walking. Now for me, if I can... If I can compare this to our lives, 
I will say the boat represents our past. You can, you, uh, we call it BC, you know, our BC days, right? And all your friends and what, what you were, that's, that's then. You step out and you literally look at Jesus and you walk on water. And, you d and everybody who has had like a radical um, encounter with Jesus knows what that feels like. Everything is amazing. Everything makes sense. You know, in that moment, you can lose everything. You can, like, lose the girlfriend or the boyfriend. and You're just okay because you got Jesus, right? And your family thinks you're crazy because all of a sudden, you give all your money in the offering because you don't, you don't care anymore, you know, because he's, he's such a reality in your life. Then you see that the people have been serving God for a long time look at you like there's something wrong with you. I remember when I was about 15 years old, when I discovered Christ, they took up an offering. I didn't have any money, but I just bought a brand new phone, and I just thought, that's what you do. So I took my phone, and I threw it in the offering, and I just gave it. You see, we think God looks at the heart. He receives your heart. So they all thought I was crazy. Why would you do that? And I was hurt because I thought that's the point of an offering. I won't give anything that doesn't cost me anything. So they said, did you take your SIM card out? I said, no, no. <laughs> gave it. Just gave it. But I'm talking about that time you like. How many guys know what that time is like? Come on, man. But yeah, we put some mileage on the clock in our Christian walk. And uh, all of a sudden... Like what Peter, he looked at the wind and the waves, and he began to sink. And uh, that's where a lot of Christians end up spending the rest of their life, there, in, in the point. And they, it's like, you don't want to go back to what you were. You don't want to go back to the boat. You don't want to go back to the friends' days. But you're afraid to believe for more again, because you've had disappointments. You're afraid to... To, to take a step and walk on water and to trust God for more because of the things that happen. So you, you'll seem wise, but you'll never move mountains again. You'll never, you'll never get anywhere in your Christian life because this has now become your identity. Unnatural. And then we look at the guys who are recently converted, and you see them shine, and you think, just give them time. They'll be swimming soon as well. Come on, someone. But you know what I love about that story is that Jesus, Jesus comes to Peter, who must have been terrified. Who knows? Maybe he couldn't swim. Maybe he had a shark phobia. Maybe, who knows? You know, like, and he's terrified and Jesus comes to him in that state. And he doesn't say, oh, shame, are you okay? Don't worry, I'm here. Let me get a towel, dry you off, get your hair nice and dry. It's okay. I'm here to save you. He doesn't do that. Pulls him up by the hand and said, why did you doubt? And I thought, I thought, when I read that for the first time, I thought, yes, Lord, even me right now in the state, I'll give you more reasons to doubt than what I can to believe. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. This went wrong. I don't have enough money. I don't know. No, Jesus said, why did you doubt? In other words, like, where's the empathy? Where's the empathy, Lord? Don't you know what I'm going through? What? You've got no reason to doubt. Everything that you need is right in front of you. And I think, I think for, for me and for you, that is God's invitation today. Why did you doubt? 
Really, all those reasons, he's saying there's no reason for you to doubt. There's no reason. I, I don't think that, to me, I think I need to hear that. Because it puts a demand on my potential. Because it's actually telling me, you can. You can. You can do this. I remember, is it Mark 11, 23, 24, the famous faith uh, scriptures? He says, if any of you say to this mountain, be, you know, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done for you, if you don't doubt. And uh, I always preach that about moving mountains of depression, mountains of financial debt. You know? But Jesus looked to a physical mountain, and he told, he said, whoever, he didn't say, the, he said, whoever, a whosoever, you're a whosoever, I'm a whosoever. Okay, that's everybody's surname. Whosoever. Whosoever can have whatsoever, if he believes. Amen? Amen? He didn't say if, 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 if. No, he said if you don't doubt, man, all things are possible. That's what he meant. Amen? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I don't know about you, but when I preach messages like this, my wife is sitting in the front of the of the. And she's saying, yeah, you said all things are possible. And she starts dreaming about our house, things that need to be built, things that need to bro be broken down. And so we have this thing going like, I will use the scenarios that happen in the week for my sermon material. She uses my sermon material in the week to get what she wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, but all things are possible. <sighs> Uh, sorry, Tafara. Sorry, Tafara. <laughs> but why did you die? It's time to get up and walk. It's time to get on water again. Come on. So I'm, I'm putting out a challenge to all of you. You know, we, we like this rescue mentality. And this is why I don't like the, like the doctrine of the rapture, for example, because it's come save me, come help me, come save me. With the whole, uh, the, the message is victory victorious church, you know, a rule, take control, take authority, stand up, you know, but we want to be rescued. And, and, and I'm, man, I love Jesus, Lord, sometimes the Lord just take us, get us out of here. But the point is, if you just knew who you actually were, you know, amen. So right, um, if, we, if we go to, to um, John, John chapter 4. Oh, I love it. I love it. John 4, we can read there. Hope you're enjoying the word. Came all the way here to give this word to you, man. So, John 4, we're going to read it. I'm reading from the net translation. Um, and uh, from verse 4, let's do some Bible reading. Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Now he came to a Samaritan town called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. All right, say Jacob's well. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, since he was tired from the journey, sat down beside the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. For his disciples had gone off into the town to buy supplies. 
So the Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for water to drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you had known the gift of God and who it is who said to you, Give me some water to drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said to him, You have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where then did you get this living water? Surely you're not greater than our ancestor Jacob. Now that's really interesting. That's really interesting. You know, we like to go to who's the greatest. You know, the, like the greatest preacher. You know, and we want to drink from that well. You know, uh, I always laugh because um, if the pastor comes to visit your house, who's going to say grace? The pastor. The pastor. Why? Because he's the greatest. He's the greatest. If the, if, the, if the pastor doesn't come, the youth pastor happens to be around, you'll allow the youth pastor, but it won't be as powerful <laughs> as with the pastor was to pray. Come on. And, and, but listen, guys, we just came out of um, a time where, uh, where COVID had to shut, shut everybody. I don't mean to say it in an ugly way, but shut everyone up. All the churches had to sit down and be quiet. Everyone had prophecies and things of how it's, and maybe it didn't turn out the way that everyone said. And we're like, where's the great ones now? And I don't think God sent COVID, but I think God used COVID, used the opportunity. Okay, guys, let's get this, thing, this picture in context. There is someone greater than the, the great ones that you're following, the big guys, the big names. They all had to keep quiet, right? And, and she says, are you greater? Are you greater than Jacob? I've been drinking from Jacob's well since I knew. You know, who are you to say? say if you knew, I'm going to cause a well from your innermost being to flow. That you won't need to run to be rescued. Run to, to get a, another high or another fix. Right, And you know what was going on in her life. She was going from marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage. Failed every time, five times. Right, And the, the guy that she was with was not her husband. And Jesus almost complimented her and said, You've spoken rightly. The guy you're not with is, is not your husband. But you've had five. And you look at the pattern in her life. Is she got thirsty. Hoped. Got thirsty. Hoped. Got thirsty. We do that in everything. You know, we um, spoke about iPhones. And I don't know if you guys are on the whole iPhone um, train, but when iPhones come out, people sleep in queues to get the new iPhone. They had the previous iPhone probably in their pocket, which was amazing at a time and best. But now they're thirsty again. And so we get thirsty and thirsty and thirsty and nothing satisfies and jesus wants to change that because we're so used to getting our fix from outside in and jesus wants to turn that thing and he was saying everything that you need is on the inside everything that you need is already in you that you don't need to go anywhere to get it it's in you it's in you come on man that's what the word says do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven to bring Christ down? Or who will descend into the abyss that is to bring Christ up? But what does it say? The word 
is near you, is in your heart, is in your lips to speak it. So what God is trying to say is, you're looking for an intervention. You're looking for a rescue. It's in you. The potential is in you. The potential is already there. I recently was going through some really, really difficult times in my life. Really tough. You, sometimes we don't even understand what's going on and people don't understand. I'm saying, Lord, I phoned my pastor friends. I phoned people. Like, and obviously they guided me. They helped me. But ultimately, what the Lord said is, it's got to come from in you. And, and, and I got a, that picture of an egg. That an egg, um, if it breaks from the outside in, um, it results in death. You hear what I'm saying? I, I once I was at a rehab the other day and I gave this analogy. And I, I asked if an egg breaks is a good thing or a bad thing. And the guy said, depends if we're having breakfast or not. <laughs> so, so, so now I have to be careful with my choice of words. So there's a little chicken inside the egg, right? And if the egg, if the egg breaks from the, from the outside in, it results in death. But if it breaks from the inside out, that means it results in life. And, and so what God started showing me is that sometimes you go through pressure and, and you have this pressure that's mounted on you. And you go to get rescued. You try to get anything, you know, save me, help me. Um, but, but sometimes I think God allows the pressure because that pressure... It can break you if you allow it to, or it can be your breakthrough. And, and until we rise above these things that are constantly pushing us, we'll always be victim to it. You'll always be good swimmers. But God doesn't want you to be a swimmer. He wants you to walk on water, man. He wants you to be above the, those, those things. Come on. He wants you to be... Uh, and what I'm trying to tell you is that this is practical uh, in life. This is practical in your, in your work um, amongst your, your peers and some of the challenges that you feel. Um, sometimes the problem is not your boss. You're, you're, it's you. It's you in the sense that you don't know how to deal with him. And so when you see him and you think, oh, him, you're actually having an image of yourself. And the way that you're handling this problem, you're actually looking at yourself and you're saying, I don't know how to overcome that. And God is allowing a difficult person like that to be in your life to get you out of there. Amen? To get you to respond and to be what God has called you to be. And I really feel like uh, in, the, in the church today, maybe, maybe it's time to push back. Instead of get a, a help me and a save me, get a pushback. You get up in the, in the morning and you, and you acknowledge what's on the inside of you. You say, well, Christ is in me. Come on. Christ is in me. I have everything that I need on the inside. And you, you deal with that person, that, which is you. You break through it. Amen? It's actually the truth. It's actually the truth. We all know it's the truth. We just don't know how to deal with all these people. And, uh, and God will give you wisdom to do that. But so he said, he said, I didn't read it. I think we just quoted it. Let's quickly read um, verse 11. Sir, 
You have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Verse 12. Surely you're not greater than our ancestor Jacob. He gave us this well and drank from it himself, along with his sons and his livestock. Jesus replied, Everyone who drinks some of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks some of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. And she said, give me this water. You know, that woman, just in the context of what I'm saying, left her water bucket there. That woman who, who had been through five failed marriages took living water and turned the whole city around for Jesus. That woman, that broken woman that we would have all probably walked past, turned a whole city around for Jesus. A whole city. You can read it. Oh, really? Okay. What, is your, what is your excuse? Yeah. What, is, what is your storm? What is the thing that is, that is holding you back? What is your, your reason to swim today? Why is it, what is your reason to doubt? God is saying, no, no, no. It's time to get the living water going again. I remember, um, I'll just, I like to be as um, honest and real with everyone because I feel if you can see a, see a real part in me, maybe you can feel that you have the confidence to do it in your life. But I remember preaching and feeling really intimidated um, by, you know, to the people, speaking to people, not getting through. And I remember one day I just decided, that's it, I've had enough. I'm going to break through. Yeah, how many of you guys still believe in praying in tongues? Yeah. <laughs> really? Really? You know, it's not just moving your mouth, eh? He said it will come from your innermost being. You know, I, it's not just flapping your gums. It's like, it's, 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 it's from, from in you. And I, I remember getting up there one day and uh, opened my Bible and I looked at all these people and I just started. Zebra makusi hilamandro gosha. And I just kept on going. Listen, you can't be the same. You can't be the same if you start drinking from that well. You can't be the same if you start just pushing, pushing back. Amen? Wow. 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 Oh, I love the word. I don't know how people do it with, without, the, without the word. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm good on time. Um, and I, and I'm, I would encourage you, maybe we get a, a, a time to, to do that, but you need to answer it. The, you, you struggle with what you, you, you stay in your depression, you stay in your circumstance because you don't answer it. You don't speak back. You don't talk back to it. You know, I can't do it. No, then you, you stay there because you don't answer it. You, faith always responds and it, it speaks. Says and also let me just say it's something about audibly saying it. Yeah. You know, like when the spirit was poured out, they heard the sound and they came. It's not it's no good just saying mm. you need to say it. You need to get it on your lips. Speak back. I can. I will. And I'm serious about for for those trying 
if you're struggling with your health and you can't pick up yourself to go to the gym, then say, I can. I will. It, begin to respond. Fight back. Push back. So um, uh, Isaiah 59 says, um, when the enemy will come in like a flood, the spirit will raise a standard against it. So sometimes it comes in. So either the enemy comes in like a flood and the spirit raises a standard, or else the enemy comes in and like a flood, the spirit raises a standard. Either way, the, the spirit is there to always push back whatever comes in. And, and um, yeah, yeah. Go to, um, I'm going to finish with what I opened with this morning. In Revelation chapter 2, and then I, I, I've got some word that I want to just speak over you guys. I asked the Lord uh, uh, yeah, if I should share this, and I know, I know it's for, for this church. Um, I want you guys to know that you have re something really special with uh, Tafara and Chipper. Um, I, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to, to know it, but sometimes you have to really, really revisit and look and say, yeah, these are tremendous um, people, leaders. It's not the typical model of church. These guys are not just trying to, um, uh, you know, keep you busy on a Sunday. I've, I've watched them. It's, it's changing your life. This thing that I'm speaking about, revival being at home, is already happening here. You know, it's about revival in your finances, in your workspaces, at home. And, um, and I, I know God's got something really um, great. I, I feel I've got an awesome word to share. Two years ago, I dreamt of, um, I was in my lounge the night, I slept in my lounge, and I had a dream where Jesus came to me, and he picked me up, woke me up, I walked with him, I remember opening my front gate, walked outside my front gate, stood in the grass, and he stood on my right like this, he had shepherd clothing on, like you would see in a children's book or whatever, and a staff in his hand, and he showed me the number two, number two. And um, as I looked at it, it showed me the stars. As I looked at the two and the stars, um, I, started, I started quoting this passage from Revelation 2. Um, I wish I should read it in a different translation, but um, I started quoting this verse. But I don't know scripture like I know it. Like, I don't know Revelation like I know other scripture. But I knew I was quoting from Revelation while I was reading. And right at the end of the quote, I said, Revelation chapter 2. And as I said it, my clothes changed into the same clothes that he had. And I had a staff in my hand. And um, I, I read from this. Uh, I got up, went straight to my dining room table, opened my Bible to see if it was there. And I nearly fell off my chair because word for word was there. And listen, such an amazing experience to have that. But this is like the importation part that I feel Ego wants to give. He says, Revelation 2 verse 25 says, However, hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who conquers, who continues in my deeds until the end, I will give him authority over the nations. Do you have that other Bible of mine? Just open it on, on Revelation 2. Um, there for me. Um, and to the one who conquers and who, who continues unto the end, I will give him authority over the nations. He will rule them 
with an iron rod, and like a clay jar, he will break into pieces. So, yeah, yeah. So he says, um, this translation puts it so much better. This is the one that I read. He who overcomes and is victorious, who obeys my commands to the end, I will give him authority and power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a scepter. Okay, now remember in the dream I had the scepter. As in with earthen pots are broken in pieces. And his power over them shall be like that which I myself received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. The same, it's like a quotation almost, uh, almost a cross-reference of Psalm chapter 2. Where he says, ask of me and I will give you the nations. And then also speaks of how he's going to um, use the staff on these, these um, earthen vessels. And God is restoring something in the, in the pastoral. In a sense, like I always, um, I've been in different churches. I was a floating trophy in some churches. Then that guy got me, and that guy got me, and that guy got me. But I saw many different models. And often there's a model of the church, the pastor is on the top. They're the man, you know. And then you get the, the ushers the deacons, the worship team, the youth pastor. The <laughs> and, um, and then sometimes it's the opposite way. Sometimes it's the pastors at the bottom. And then they're all just giving him a hard time. God says he's changing that. He's giving pastors after his heart, shepherds after his heart. You know, for, for prior to COVID, everyone was prophet. And pastor was like, well, you know, who's a pastor? God is giving pastors. That are like that are after his heart, pursuing his presence, and I, and I really feel um, like you guys are part of that so far. And I also feel uh, ahead of your time already. Like I really feel like you're ahead of your time. Um, you've been ahead of your time um, for a while. Um, some people are discovering it, and I think um, what you've done here is going to be a model for for many churches, like the, for many new new uh, things that are starting. The Lord is going to use what you've done here um, as a blueprint or as a model um, to, um, yeah, just to launch more people into it. And um, while I was praying uh, for you, uh, God says, tell him, I'm giving you more grace. That scripture that says more grace is, he says, it's, it's grace in the marketplace. But he says, I'm giving you more grace. Because when you've asked for the nations, you, you haven't asked in a typical evangelical picture. It says there's a unique group of people that he's sending you to that nobody goes to. Like we go to the poor, we go to the whoever, but God is not just sending you there. He pulled you out of that. But he's, he's sending you into, and, and I, I got it like grace in, you know, grace amongst celebrities. I saw, I saw celebrities. Um, I saw grace. You're going to have it. Grace in the marketplace it will be applicable among the celebrities. But I saw grace in government. I saw grace in government. And um, I even saw a, a picture of you. Uh, you had a general, general's outfit. And um, uh, I feel like um, the Lord is saying there will be grace in the military. And, and not within the borders, not only within the borders of South Africa. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be international. And God is, he, he wants to show, it's not going to be, it's for you both, Chippo. For you as well, um, yeah, you both will experience it. And, 
Um, he's equipped you because grace in the marketplace was the easiest thing because it was alive. It was like, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that was forced. It was grace. And God is giving you more grace. The capacity to do more. The capacity to reach. You experience the grace. And um, I'm, I'm missing one thing. It's going to come to me now. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll get the capacity to do more. And, oh yeah, it's, it's the easiest thing in a sense, like, He's equipped you for it. So, you've always had a burden, or you, at a time there was a burden for people in celebrity. That I, I just feel like God, He uses your heart. He touches your heart concerning certain people. And some of them are some big names. And God is going to give you grace for those people. I don't have that grace. <laughs> I don't have that grace. I've got a different grace. Um, but I want to acknowledge that grace on your life, on both of you. Chippo, I can see you guys on more than just um, thank God for the way that he's opened doors um, on Faith TV. But I see you guys on more, on bigger platforms and, and um, uh, even secular platforms where the Lord is really going to give you um, doors that's, that's going to open towards that. And then it's, it's also by word of mouth. The people that, that, that you've impacted already, there's going to be more opening because of what's the transformation that's happening in their lives. That's why it's, it's grace. It's going to happen naturally and easy. And oh, this is the word. God is, God is going to break the mold that um, sometimes, I don't know if you can relate to this, but there's a mold. Sometimes people want you to be this. And he's breaking that mold. And i got the verse, Romans 8, 29 says, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined you to be molded into his image. And he's got an image for you that is not necessarily from any, anyone over here. Um, it's going to break the ceiling of, of, um, of, of what people see is possible in you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to succeed it. It's going to break the ceiling. And thank God for the gifts in your lives and the way that you've honored and the way that you've stuck to those who have who have brought you, who have taught you, who have showed you and you've stuck to it. But but God is just making a slight is not taking your way out of it. He's shifting it higher. He's aiming at a bigger it's it's higher. Now I don't know the timing. It could be now. I feel it's now. But for this church as well, um is gonna it's not it's never gonna go away from this church. You know, this church and everything that you guys are doing is is blueprints and and it's going to be because i spoke this morning i'm off my time i'm sorry but i spoke this morning about how everything is boxed in it had to be boxed in because it's practical it's practical you can give it to someone and it's going to set people free and 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 i really see that um in this church and i honor it and uh, i'm excited to see it so it's more than just church you're going to be taught how to live you know, you're going to be taught how to run your finances. So you're going to be taught how to buy a house, how to invest. Come on, how to get fit. You're going, to, you're going to, I see life here. I see a model for life, a model for life. And you're going to be taught um, good, solid foundations in the Word. But yeah, stick to this place. Stick to what God is doing here. Run with your leaders. Run with your leaders. Run with them. They're different for a reason. They're different for a reason. They need to be different. They've been called to be different. 
and, uh, and, that, and, and God is going to use this whole place to, as a model, as an example. And many books, many books, there's so much more books, uh, so much more courses, things that you're going to do, and, and it will be exactly that, grace. It's going to be, the word is more grace. So the capacity will be increased, the desire will grow, and you'll have the, in, the energy to do and to be and what God has called you to be. And he says, just follow, follow the emotions, follow the heart, follow where the heart is going. And he's going he's gonna to guide you. Guys, thank you so much. That's my word for you all. Bless you guys. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. And um, yeah, it's been a joy to be here. I'm excited to, to see what God is doing here in and through you. It's, it's always nice to preach at a place where it's easy to minister. And it's, uh, it's really easy to, to speak here. So that's good ground. tells me that there's good, good word going and that the, the ground is receptive. There's fruit in your life. So be blessed. Just one more thing. Thank you, Tafara. Um, yeah, it's really important to me as well. Tafara just reminded me. If you want to make a commitment, right? Um, I, uh, I was like one of those Christians that had a time in my life that gave my life to Jesus every Sunday. Uh, has anyone done that? Like every Sunday, you gave your life to Jesus. And... Uh, I think like the octopus has got like four hearts. I thought maybe maybe I'm like that thing. <laughs> I've got so many hearts. You take that heart. No, but um, there, was one, there was one day, one day, and all you need is one day, one day where you turn your back and you, you step out. And I feel this, like we said, in this word and in this atmosphere, maybe God has been speaking to you, pressing in you. Something in you says is saying, yes, I need to change. Yes, you feel it in you. You feel the response. And the word says, when you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Don't reason it. Don't, don't squash that voice. Don't say, well, it's not really for me. It is for you. And if you need to make a decision today for Jesus, um, for your life, um, as a sense of I'm responding, I'm bouncing back, I'm not going to, to what was. I'm turning around. I'm turning my life around. If that's you, I'm going to pray with you. And you want to just raise your hand and say, man, I'm, I'm prepared to, to take a new step. Thank you. I'm prepared to take a new step. If that's you, raise your hand. Come on. Come on. There's more of you today. You know you need to do that. You know you need to do that. God has been speaking to you for so long. Been calling your name for so long. Things have been wrong for so long. And it's like, here's an opportunity today. I need to, I need to make a change. Come on, while it's here, while it's here, while the moment is here, just raise your hand. Come on, remember, he, he died for you. He gave it all for you. He gave it all for you. All right, well, there is one or two, but I believe there's more. I believe there's more. Can we just pray this together? Can we pray this together? Say, Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you see me, that you love me. I believe in you. I receive your love today. Thank you for picking me up, giving me an inheritance. I give you my yes. I surrender to you today. Come take over. 
Come wash me afresh. Make me new. I am yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Here's your pastor. Um, come speak to your pastor. If there were some of the ushers that saw, um, you could speak to them and, and yeah, slot into the family. Be blessed. Thank you so much. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.